0: Want. You know, if you were to, let's say, if you knew nothing about Facebook ads and you knew nothing about advertising in general, if you put an ad out, how do you even know what a good result is? Right. Because Facebook will give you a bunch of analytics. They'll tell you, you know, a gazillion people saw this ad and a bunch of people reacted to it and they all liked it and they clicked on it. Is that good? Are those good results? You don't know. So the first thing we, one of the first things to go through is knowing your numbers. For over 260 episodes, Dwayne Brummett and Allie Albarigo have been sharing how to take your martial arts school to the next level. Welcome to another edition of SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Now, here's your host,
1: Dwayne and Allie.
2: Hello again. Dwayne Brummett here with Allie Albarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Allie, great to be with you today, sir.
3: Yes, absolutely. It's a great day, man. We have some really great guests today with us. I'm super excited about it and uh can't wait to get into it. And let me quickly do a quick introduction. So, um uh these gentlemen run a program that I feel is just imperative to the martial arts and it's about getting students, you know, and and uh it's called getkaratestudents.com and um we have two guests, John Evans um and uh John is uh, one of the best, if not the best track records in the martial arts industry and has helped hundreds of schools all around the globe getting more students. And um, Travis, uh, he also is, uh, you know, traveled with sports leagues coaching uh, to the martial art business. He's coached players in the NFL and worked with hundreds of martial arts school owners at over four continents. So uh, these guys know their stuff, and it's super exciting to have you guys on the show. So without further ado, welcome, guys, and thanks for being here with us.
1: Thanks for having us, man. It's awesome to be here. Thanks.
3: Awesome, yeah, absolutely. So, um, so we could jump right in with questions, and then, uh, as I'll monitor the Facebook feed too, just in case anyone has questions on there as well, and uh, we'll be able to uh, field those questions too. So, Dwayne, did you want to start off with uh, you know, I, I do,
2: yeah, so um, it's kind of funny because. I, I had uh, seen your information, uh, quite a while ago. And what really stuck out was one of my, uh, our youngest, uh, plays, uh, well, he's in college now, but before that, he's playing travel volleyball. And so he, uh, um what we would always drive him up 30 minutes from our house to a place called Hallmark where he would practice. And there was a Taekwondo studio that, and still there, I say was, there is a Taekwondo studio that's, uh, that's there. And, um, I would, you know, when I would go to pick them up sometimes, I'd sit outside and wait and of course watch the martial arts class going on and, and whatnot. And, and I, I got to see the, the, the people that had owned it. And it's funny because, um, I had seen in one of your ads, their pictures, like I, I saw their studio, um, you know, and I could, it's funny because where I'm, where I'm sitting watching them is like almost where you took the picture you know, of course you were inside the building, but where you took the picture of their students and them teaching and stuff like that. So, um, it, and, and, uh, I originally thought, I guess, and then I, I don't know if I asked you this or not, but I thought maybe you were from this area or near me in, in Joliet. Didn't I, did I ask you guys that?
1: Yeah. So, uh, I'm actually, I
2: grew up in Joliet. So
0: that's funny. It's okay. Yeah. And then, uh, my son went to Frankfurt Black Belt Academy, which is on Lairway. That's the and, one. Yeah, so that was actually the first school we ever worked with. Uh, my son was, you know, really young. Started there as a the white belt, got all the way to black belt, and uh, yeah. So that was I actually took those pictures
2: physically, like <laughs>
0: with my what iPhone.
1: Time?
2: What What's the time frame? When was he training there? Oh, let's see. Gosh, we moved here in
0: 2018. Do you know? I don't even know. When did I move here?
1: Probably around right, because I think you got here just after me. Yeah, so probably 2018. Sounds so about right.
0: We're right outside of Georgia right now,
1: or right That's outside of Atlanta remember,
0: yeah. in Georgia. We moved here in 2018, so he had just gotten his black belt uh right before that. So it took him probably,
2: gosh, I don't know, four or five years to get, you know, I do all the ranks there. I bet you, I bet you, I probably have seen your son, didn't know it was him, uh, all the many times that I had been there just parked and watching. So that's, that's even funnier now that we're getting to talk about it. So that is the first time I was ever introduced to you guys, uh, was because I go, I know that place, you know? <laughs> so, so the only, uh, now for both of you, the only um martial arts background then that you have is that your son did martial arts. Neither one of you, uh, had done martial arts, right? No. I I did a little bit of, like,
0: jujitsu because my brother or my friend's brother was the teacher at the Park District, and, you know, we rolled around as teenagers, but I never really got serious about it.
1: I did it pro- when I was younger. I did taekwondo for um, – my parents actually had oh, just gotten divorced. Yeah, and uh, we moved across the country with my mom to Pennsylvania, and, you know, she was just looking for, you know, good positive structure for my sister and myself. Um, So we uh, we did taekwondo for probably three or four years, Um, so kind of like first grade through fifth grade, and then we actually it's it's funny (laughs) right before COVID hit this time last year and we're on that kind of one year anniversary of all that stuff. uh, John and I, uh, a bunch of friends of ours from church, there's a Krav Maga school right next to our church, um, and the landlord of the Krav Maga school is also the landlord of the church building. So we were literally like the week before the week after COVID hit, we were. Scheduled to start Krav, and then that kind of threw, you know, you know, we just <laughs> super focused on the business at that point. Yeah. And then really yeah. this last week, we're uh, we're gonna get back into that. So we're gonna start Krav Maga here as soon as we get the schedule uh, going.
0: Yeah, we're trying to get a bunch of the guys from the church. Uh, to be honest, so that we don't have to spar with anybody that we don't know. Yeah.
1: So. <laughs> it's only even numbers, right? So if there's a fifth guy, he needs to bring. Because I don't right. want to spar with strangers. I'm at that point in my life. <laughs>
2: yeah. There gotcha. you go. So. Why, uh, with your guys' background, well, I'm, I'm curious, why did you choose to help martial artists? Um, you know, why, why did you choose the martial arts industry to do what you do as opposed to any other industry? I'm, I, I'm curious.
0: Funny, it's like, uh, I, I honestly didn't choose it at first. Uh, you know, my background's in marketing and in sales. Uh, I've got, I, I got my chops in the timeshare business. Uh, so if you've ever been to one of those presentations, you know, those guys are super trained in sales and, uh, maybe too much, but that was sort of my background. <clears throat> I got into, um, digital marketing after a little while and started studying that and Facebook ads. <laughs> and I started a digital marketing agency like a lot of people have done recently, uh, over the last five years. And, um, I had every kind of business you can imagine, chiropractors, realtors canning salons, I mean, just like every other digital marketing agency, and was basically doing the same thing, just generating leads so that they could have names and phone numbers of people to call. And uh, the whole time I was building that business <clears throat> was while my son was at Frankfurt Black Belt Academy going up through the ranks. And there was a day I remember he was at a tournament, and we snapped a picture of him He's he sold him his trophies. And the same day, you know how Facebook does the uh, – on this day four years like, ago. Yeah, this
1: time. Yeah.
0: Right. So we saw a picture of his first day of Taekwondo in his white belt and he looked so little compared to the new picture. And I just said to my wife, like, My gosh, look at how much he's grown. He's so he's grown so much. And then later that day after the tournament we had gone back to his school and I was looking around and I was thinking, Man, as much as he's grown over these few years, this place hasn't grown at all. I, they probably need some marketing. So it never dawned on me that they would be a good client for digital marketing because they were always doing stuff in the community. You know, we were always with them uh out at the parades and out at the booths and doing all that kind of stuff and just volunteering to help. <clears throat> but I never thought to uh to approach them as a client. So I finally approached him and I was like, Hey, what do you guys do for marketing? And he said what pretty much every school says to us right now. Well, I had a little bit of this and a little bit of that and I said, how does it work? And he said, well, we've been at 50 students for the last 15 years. (laughs) You know, some will come, some will go, some will come. Excuse me. So uh, we started a campaign for them, and within six months, they doubled in size. We went from 50 to 100 students, like, fast. And there was a few times I had to talk them off the ledge and say, uh, you know, they'd call me and say, the classes are too full. We need to turn off the ads. And I'd be like, no, (laughs) we can't turn off the ads. You guys have a goal. You told me what your goal was. we got to figure out how to make it work. And so they were just so overwhelmed with the success of things, and I really enjoyed working with them because, you know, he was the type of guy, uh, like a lot of martial arts school owners, that have integrity, they do what they say they're going to do, um, they have respect. All the stuff that they're teaching on the floor, they're reflecting, it. if they're not, then, you know, it's just a, it's almost like they hold themselves accountable to that right. stuff. So I really enjoyed working with him. He referred us a few of his colleagues because he's in a big organization, the ETA, I'm sure you're familiar with. And um, so, uh, you know, we got a few different referrals. Then I started reaching out to some school owners. And pretty soon, you know, all the tanning salons and the chiropractors and the realtors and everybody, they sort of filtered themselves out. And then one day I looked at the books and it was all martial arts schools and, like, one health coach. And I was like, wow. All, all we're doing is helping martial arts schools get more students. So I rebranded the company as Get Karate Students and then just never looked back. Uh, we, a couple of times we took on clients. Like we took on a dance studio once, and that was right. just a nightmare. And uh, that maybe it, a couple more
1: outliers, but yeah, I mean, that's 99%. So now it's just like we're
0: 100% at school, you know, martial arts schools. And what's cool about that is we really got to know the business, and we got to know all the struggles. And a lot of the guys don't even uh, at first when we first talk to them, they're like, "Oh, you don't own a school? You talk so much like you, like a school <laughs> owner,
1: like we would." Enjoy- I had a right. friend, so growing up uh, in my high school years, as I said, I did you know Taekwondo when I was younger, elementary school, and my high school years, I was just, I was playing sports um, outside of martial arts. And uh, I recently talked to a friend who's a martial arts school owner um, back home in Philadelphia area and he and I were just talking, I was asking questions about his business and just kind of getting to know what what he has going on. And he was like, well, Hey man, I, I didn't know you were such an expert at martial arts. Like we should have hung out more in high school. Like, you know, I didn't know this was like your area. And I was, that was really good validation that, you know, we under understood. And I just like, I mean, from a, from an industry standpoint, there's just an inherent desire to get better. uh, Martial arts school owners and ath- I mean, cause it's the same thing as athletics, right? Um It is athletics. And it's, a, it's, there's an inherent desire to get better at everything um, because if you don't have that inherent, that drive, then you're probably just kind of prodding along. So it's an industry where, you know, by getting in the industry of martial arts, you're already kind of saying, hey, I have this inherent desire to get better at whatever I put put my hands on. So this is,
2: that you called this an athletic, right? This is an athletics, and you guys are supporting these athletics, right? So would you consider yourself an athletic supporter? I mean, generally a, a jockstrap? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, my wife, my wife figured it actually just said something to me about that yesterday. <laughs> uh,
3: that
2: was pretty how quick. How did you two, uh, how, how did you two hook up? How did you guys come to be together? So that's actually a really interesting story. And, uh, so, uh,
0: we had moved here in 2018. You had moved here in 2017.
1: I was down in South Florida for about 15 years and then we moved here. And, uh, when we moved here, I already had
0: a couple of schools that we were working with and we were kind of building things up and it just took off so fast. And I had to actually hire somebody. And at the same time, Travis was a school teacher. Maybe you want to share. Yeah. That I saw I uh
1: high school and coached football and cross for um, 13 to 15 years, depending on the, on who you ask. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I was just transitioning out of that. It was just, you know, 15 years of teaching high school and, and coaching, as you guys know, um, is, is a, it's, it's a lot, you know, 70 hour, 80 hour work weeks. Um, so I kind of was, uh, driven to move away from that. I didn't know what it meant. Um, I knew God was kind of calling me to something different. And then John and I, we started, we actually just plugged into the same church as John, probably around the same time. Yeah. And then we just started to hang out in different settings. And there was actually one time John came over, they came over for dinner, dinner him and his family. And he was asking me a bunch of questions. And I was kind of like, he's asking me these questions. I'm very analytical. I'm always processing. And I was, I was like, he's asking me questions because he wants to talk about a business relationship. So, um, then, uh, we had a call a, a couple of days later and it was very it was really funny because John's very scheduled. Like, like his, um, his wife can't get on the phone with him unless she schedules a call. So he was like, "All right, uh, we're sitting there at dinner." He's like, "All right, yeah, let's talk next week." Uh, here's the link to my calendar. <laughs> like, while we're eating, like that,
2: did, it, it, Didn't I do that, that? Did I do that to you? Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, I got him. He's, he's converted
3: now. Yeah, yeah. yeah and you do, and you do that, and know, you do, you do that, message, you you do that too, to me too, like, hey. Wayne. So yeah, <laughs> Wayne does that yeah. to me as well.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so I jumped on a call with John, and it, I thought it was going to be a casual conversation, and an hour later I was, like, on the phone, and didn't really know what was going on, but I was just like, hey, this is definitely this is definitely where I want to move to next. And, and, I mean, it's been a couple yeah. years now. It's been awesome. Let me back up That's, a little okay. bit before that,
0: because uh, before I hired Travis, my son, who was the black belt, was actually doing some work for me. He was 10 or
1: 12. 12, 12 Somewhere around there. Who, been no, been who knows now. anymore, man?
2: I don't, I don't know. know. He
1: was young. I just know he doesn't
2: want to
0: hang
1: out with you anymore. That's how exactly.
0: old he is. Yeah. <laughs> he crossed the threshold of uh, not wanting to hang out with me anymore. But he was I, – I was so overwhelmed with onboarding new clients that I had to systematize it to the point where anybody could do it. Not to say that my son is a very bright kid, but he's young. He's little. I mean, he's, he wasn't – he, he might have been 10 or 12, somewhere in that range. And I needed somebody to start setting up these accounts because I was bringing on – I was talking to a lot of them on the phone. A lot of them were signing up, but we still had to set up all their ads. We had to get all the automation set up. So I went in and I built basically a how-to course for him, my son, to start setting these up. And I was paying them like fifty bucks when they when they set it up. If any of our clients at the time would have known that this ten-year-old was setting them up, they probably would have. Their egos really would have been bruised. <laughs> you know, I tell them all now. We laugh about it, but um, you know that's actually part of our. Uh, our sales pitch is that (laughs) when we were doing it as an agency, my 10-year-old son was setting up all the accounts. But so we had done that, and that was sort of what led us to where we are now, which is teaching them how to do it themselves because we had gotten so – I had to just become so systematized. But the reason I bring that up is because uh, Travis, when we were having dinner that night, he was kind of just like putting the – I don't know if it was a joke or – he was like – well, no, I was
1: in a point where I was just like, anybody who has any access to potential employment – I'm available. Right.
0: (laughs) And my son was making, like, a couple hundred bucks a week, you know. He's like, I think there was a couple weeks where he made, like, 400 bucks, you know, just setting these accounts up. He just doesn't even know what to do with the money. And so we were joking about that at dinner, and Travis was like, hey, if Colin gets bored of doing that stuff, uh, I'll type some stuff into the computer, you know. Yeah, it's
1: kind of how I, like, work things in with my wife. I tell it as a joke, just so... (laughs) So she says, no, I'm like, yeah, I was just joking. But, you know, it's like planting a seed. I think that's somewhere in
3: the Bible. Yeah. You
1: know, reap what you sow. So I'm really sowing a lot
3: of stuff sarcastically, hoping it (laughs) reaps uh,
1: long-term benefits.
3: Right. That's great. That's great. Hey, listen, I want to jump into some questions, like, right away about what you guys think um, that we need to do in our industry. And I know that mindset is is a very big component with new clients, right, though, and how important is that mindset to building a successful martial arts school? Um, You know, is the mindset thing that everyone talks about, is that a bunch of nonsense, you know? Um, Are they silly affirmations? Are people dreaming and goal setting? You know, what is it really about it that, you know, what's the process that you need to do to get get this really working for a school owner?
0: Yeah, I'll jump in on that one and then you can tell me about that. But uh, I used to think, well, I went through a couple of phases. When I first got into sales in the timeshare business, that's all they talked about was mindset. And I bought right into it, and I did really well in that industry, and I worked my way to, you know, I actually owned my own company in the timeshare business, and I thought, this is awesome. And then that whole business just completely crashed and got pulled out from underneath me, and I was kind of like, it was impossible for me to avoid it. And that destroyed my mindset for probably three years. And I thought that stuff's just a bunch of nonsense. It's stupid. I had a great mindset and my business went away. And, uh, I didn't really have a good understanding of what that actually meant. I was just so blindly following mindset, mindset and affirmations and all that kind of like, uh, you know, this, the book, The Secret came out when I was in the Timeshare business and everybody was like, Oh, it's the secret. You just think about it and then it's going to happen. You know, yeah, it's man, so man. ridiculous. And, uh, so that, that kind of mindset training actually destroyed my mindset when stuff went bad. And, uh, it took a long time for me to kind of dig my way out of that. And it really took somebody, it took a coach saying to me, um, hey man, look at where you've been the last three years. Your mindset really sucks. And I was like, no, it doesn't. I have a positive mindset. It's just that. And then I had this big list of excuses and, uh, This coach said to me, you got to take 100% responsibility for where you're at right now. Even if you don't feel like it's your fault, if you give somebody else the blame, you also give them the control. And that was like a pivotal time in my mindset. And so I kind of look at a lot of these school owners who have been in business for 20-something years have worked themselves into a place where if nothing has really changed over the last 20 years, and maybe they've tried this or that or tried one thing or another and nothing really changed, It's a lot easier to come up with an alibi on why things haven't changed and blame other things. And I know it firsthand because I made all those same excuses for the longest time. And it wasn't until somebody said 100% responsibility. You have – it's not that you have 100% control and you're some kind of Superman that can will things into existence. It's not that. But it's how you – it's how you take responsibility for your own actions and then you leave the rest up to God. I say God because I believe that there is a God and that he cares about us and he wants us where he wants us. But um, I think it's a principle that applies whether you believe in God or not is if you take responsibility for your life and your actions and you let the rest of the results just kind of happen and then you learn how to respond to those things, that's the first step. So we walk through – actually, our training is – Five weeks and the first whole week is pretty much mindset, but it's not the kind of like affirmation mindset. It's more of it's, it's more scientific than that as far as a process. You know,
1: we walk in equipping,
0: yeah, we yeah. equip them. So we, and, and one of the biggest things about mindset is just believing that you can get the kind of results that you want. You know, if you were to, let's say, if you knew nothing about Facebook ads and you knew nothing about advertising in general, if you put an ad out. How do you even know what a good result is? Right. Because Facebook will give you a bunch of analytics. They'll tell you, you know, a gazillion people saw this ad and a bunch of people reacted to it and they all liked it and they clicked on it. Is that good? Are those good results? You don't know. So the first thing, we, one of the first things to go through is knowing your numbers and knowing what you should expect. And then that way it makes it real easy to stay focused on a goal is I know if I spend this much, this is what's going to happen. And if it doesn't happen, then something's broken in the system. Because the system we know works, right? And as long as all the pieces are chugging, then and you know what to expect, it's super easy to just set it on kind of autopilot and go check it and say, yes, it's on track, awesome. If it's not on track, we know where to look. But if you don't know those numbers, that's part of mindset
1: too, you know. I think. Yeah, and then kind of picking back off the mindset. I I, when I first came into this, I I was like, hey, this mindset stuff is like all mumbo jumbo, like. Um, Tony Robbins, all that stuff. It's just the way to sell books and things like that. Um, but then I kind of reflected back, and as martial arts instructors and school owners and teachers and, you know, me as a, as a football coach when I coached football, it's funny how I would coach all my all my players and students on mindset for the athletic or for whatever they're doing. But then when it came to, like, business and personal life, I was like, oh, that's all kind of like mumbo-jumbo. Like, I tell players, hey, visualize the play before it happens. And same thing in martial arts, right? Hey, visualize, you know, the match before you go into it. Or just, you know, we would say things about players like, oh, they're not mentally tough. Or, hey, they might not have this skill set, but they have mental toughness. So we'd apply all these things in, in what we were teaching others. But then I kind of had to self-reflect and say, well, why don't I believe that works for business or my personal life? <laughs> but I'm a huge believer in when it comes to athletics and things like that. So yeah. um, that was a huge kind of you know, light bulb thing for me.
3: That's awesome. And, you know, it's so interesting that uh, mindset, I love that you explained it, that it's not about the spiritual and esoteric only, and it's not just about visualization and focus, right, but it's just having the right mindset on being a business owner. And Dwayne and I talk about this. We probably did three or four podcasts on knowing your numbers. And I don't know, it's hard to get people to realize how important that is because, we have a very saying, a saying that we use quite often, you don't know what you don't know. And if you're not sure what numbers to look at and how to analyze and see, people, school owners tend to be the type of people that say, okay, check, I got someone to do my media, social media, digital marketing, and they're done. They don't know whether it's working or what it should be performing like and how to tweak it if it's not. So mindset is a massive, massive thing. I'm glad you guys pointed that out. It's so, so important. Right, Dwayne, do you have any thoughts on that at all or? Well,
2: it's kind of neat. I'm just curious, uh, how, how received, how, you know, well received or, or not well received is that from, uh, your clients? Cause what I'm, what I like and what I'm hearing, uh, you know, is that you, you are setting the stage for them so that they can, they can learn how to grow their business as opposed to just saying, Hey, here's all these tools, do this, do this, do this, do this. And I think without, Without their identity changing, then they're not going to uh, be able to sustain that goal. you know it's kind of like uh, the you're uh, the guy in Frankfurt you know you were throwing so many so many leads at him that he was like, whoa, slow it down you know and that's partly also probably mindset, but then processes that he didn't have in place and so I love that you have the mindset first. I'm curious how is that received because most people say, hey, just give me the give me the tools." Uh, you know, give me the people. So explain that to me real quick.
0: Yeah,
2: I feel like I mean I
1: I, I do a lot of the um, initial contact with school owners, and when I have those you know kind of discovery sessions just to learn about their school and kind of where they're at, and where they want to get. Um, a lot of time it is it's really just focused on growth, right? What's working, what's not working, and if you know if it's a good fit for them and it's a good fit for our program and everything, and they jump in and start working. I mean, 90% of the time, the first response I'll get back from people is, Hey, I came into this for lead, but the mindset training on its own is worth everything that we've jumped into because,
3: yeah. um,
1: it's just, it's, it's stuff that you never think about as a school owner sometimes, right? It's stuff that you don't want yeah. just, to, it just doesn't cross your mind. And, um, I think, uh, you know, I've gotten a, a lot of huge feedback and it's something I don't really bring up a whole lot when I talk to school owners because we are really focused on the business growth, but then I like it to be kind of like a, like a wow you know, surprise for people at the beginning. Um, so I'd say it's been received really, really well. Yeah. I think part of – I think the reason for
0: it is because uh, I think there's a lot of people out there teaching mindset and training on mindset that don't know what it means – how it feels to not believe that it's real. You know what I mean? Because there are a lot of people teaching it that just are 100% in and have just learned it themselves. And they're just regurgitating some kind of junk that they heard from some spiritual guide or something. And they haven't really gone through the journey that I personally have gone through, which is I believed it. Then I thought it was a bunch of nonsense. And then I had to really kind of rediscover what it really means. And I'm glad you brought up identity because that's one of the first things we do. We actually have an entire worksheet where we go through their beliefs about themselves personally. And one of the mantras in that mindset training is there's no such thing as dojo problems. There's only personal problems that are reflected in the dojo. And you can spend your whole life, and you probably, if, if they're in our training, they probably have spent the last at least 10 to 15 years trying to fix the dojo and thinking, I just need this tactic. I just need this tool. I just need this shiny object. I just need this thing. And then everything yeah. will be great. Yeah. yeah. Magic. Exactly. And then when they, think, when they go through this and they look and they self-reflect, and then they actually have to answer questions about themselves that no one ever looks at. It's just for them. They get a worksheet, they print it out, they write down their answers on it, and they can see the dichotomy between where they are and where they want to be, and they see that big gap, and they understand that it's all on them. I think that that's where that epiphany moment, that was what it was for me. When I went through a very similar process and said, well, this is where I want to be, but this is what I hate to do. Well, guess what? If you don't do this thing, you're never going to get to that point. And people don't right. draw those lines and make those connections. And when we walk them through it, it's in a very direct way. And what's great, I think, about the, the the way that we've got it laid out, too, is it's it's a lot harder for me to be on the phone with you and say, hey, man, you need to take 100% responsibility for this and then listen to all their objections and overcome it that way. Our process is all on videos, so I can be really direct and they can take it and they can accept it and they can have all those objections bubble up in their mind. And then the video we can kind of go through each one of those without the personal confrontation that sometimes comes up in that kind of coaching. So I think, uh, the platform actually that we've got it on, it It just by chance, it wasn't designed specifically. Well, you're the only one in the room.
1: So when you're going through it, you have to the only person you can talk to about it is yourself and you really need to dig in and look. So. And
0: I think another part of it too is, uh, you know, we have a private Facebook group for just our members, and they—we don't even ask them to do it, but they get in there and they're constantly gushing about the results and how great the program is and how everything is working. The process is awesome, and I mean, there's constantly there was—I remember a, a day last year, I was just scrolling and I couldn't get past like all of our client people going, "Oh, this is awesome! It's awesome!" So when you're in a group like that, that's just beating success and just living and breathing it. It's hard to be the only one there going. And this is a bunch of nonsense, you know. So I think that plays into it a little bit too. So maybe yeah. we got really blessed, and by, by just getting a lot of clients that really dug into it early, and we were pretty picky at first too. Like there was a lot of times when Travis would be on the call, and he'd be like, "Yeah, I didn't even, I didn't even pitch him because it doesn't seem like a good fit."
1: And we still are that way, yeah. you know, because well, you don't want to get you don't want, you don't want to give a diet to somebody that.
3: Right. I don't want to give a vegan
1: diet to somebody who loves steak it's not gonna it's not gonna fit well right. right.
3: right. so. I agree. I'm a vegan
1: <laughs> <Are
3: you? laughs> Yes. Yeah. Hey, so one 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 thing comes to mind i just in addition to this question and I want to jump on to something else so um, do you find that because you guys are not martial artists and you're experts in your field of the you know how to get students that you get less resistance because I find as a coach Sometimes it takes me months to break down a school owners, you know, um, their anchors and their attachments to the way they do it, the way they want it to be done, what they believe to be right. What's I can't do it that way because that would hurt my integrity and I'll, I'll be a sellout and the quote fingers on the McDojo line, you know, I don't want to be a McDojo, you probably have heard this kind of stuff. So do you find that it's easier for them to listen to you, and is it easier for them to change their ways because they're listening to people that are not so attached to the martial arts, and they don't feel like it's just another karate guy trying to change the way I am? Do you find that different or not really? Uh, I think it
0: comes with its benefits and its challenges. Uh, You know, I know there's a – I I think maybe – I've heard that from people like, hey, you know, one of the things I really appreciated about your story is that you didn't start out in the martial arts, you started out in the marketing and then you got into martial arts because of how well your marketing skills worked and applied to that. So I've heard that. Right. But I think we also, uh there is some resistance to people that think, uh, all oh, these guys don't know anything about martial arts, which honestly is not true. Uh Even one of our clients was like on our Q&A call two weeks ago, last week, he was like, you guys talk so much like, like we study martial arts school owners because we know, right. uh, we we want to help them. We want their, we believe in what they're doing. We believe that when you teach martial arts, that's like a calling. It's not just like nobody just can. You can't just go start a martial arts company. I mean, you have to go through all that training. You have to. There's a lot that goes in. It's a lifestyle, and I saw the benefit of it in my son's life. And I see the benefit of it in all these kids' lives and grown ups' lives. And, you know, I see what it does for the world. And I think it's a good thing. And so we, we just want to help them as much as we can. So we study martial arts school owners and okay. try to have the same kind of mindset. So to get yeah. to the question, as far as uh, being easier, I, I think for some probably who would give resistance, like you're hearing, it's probably easier for us because we can just be like, look, that's not Yeah, there's, there's no
1: bravado. There's no like, hey, I need to prove to you or kind of have that guard up. But there's also the right, same right. thing on the other side. You know, um, but there, like you said, there's you know, there's advantages to it as well. Um, even, you know, when I was coaching football um, for uh, for a while, I never played football. And that was actually a really huge benefit because it, it made me go in with an open mind rather than being like, well, this is how I do things. This is how my grandmaster did things. This is how the school did things that I trained in we're coming into this with like, Hey, there's, there's no barriers on what we can do. If something works, let's, let's figure out if it works. Um, and I think that's been a huge benefit. And that was, like I said, for me, for coaching, you know, I went in and said, listen, I'm an open book. Let's, let's learn. Let's, let's get things going so we can benefit, you know, the people that we're working with the best.
3: That's awesome. Very, very cool. So let me ask you this. Let's jump into some like golden nuggets, like little nuts and bolts of, uh, of questions that people ask all the time. Like, um, You know, what's the process for enrolling a new student, new paying students? And, um, you know, do you advertise a week for free or do you do a paid trial or, you know, is it a one-class trial? And uh, do you find that free trials devalue, you know, everyone's saying, like, I don't want to give anything away for free. They're not going to be a good qualified client. Tell us a little bit about those things, if you could.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But before, yeah, but well, before you dig into the free week, you know, I,
3: I probably in the last
1: year, I probably talked to about a thousand school owners, um, which is, I think there's 15,000 school owners in the country. So, um, it's, it's a big chunk of, of the school owners. Um, and the number one thing that I think is a, um, kind of like a misunderstood aspect of their business is that they have an enrollment process. I'll ask every school owner, what's your enrollment process? And usually they're kind of like, well, you know, we bring them in. We let them try a class, and then we sign them up. And I think it's just an answer to give an answer. Um, And part of being a business owner is do you have a systematized process that you can say, hey, I'm going to input A, and I'm going to get B. That's a process. Um, So there's there's value in having a process. So for those of you who are listening, I I know John's going to dig into a process that we found works better than really anything. But that's a question I think you need to ask yourself as far as, well, what am I doing that is something that is is predictable, right? If, if you're saying, hey, I'm going to sign people up by my gut or my feelings, hey, our, our feelings can change, right? Or someone could just be a different personality that's going to affect how you respond to people um, as opposed to having a predictable process. If I put nine people in a room or ten people in a room, I know nine of them are going to sign up today because it's something I've repeated over and over again. And that's knowing the numbers. You guys talked about knowing your numbers with your ads. Yeah. Hey, th- those numbers apply to enrollment process too. Um, yeah. So, but go ahead.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. <clears throat> it's definitely
1: uh valid. So
0: I- I- I've seen school owners, and we've tried, when we first – when we were doing agency work and people would hire us to run their ads, you know, my, my focus was always on students because I knew that uh, – I had talked to enough school owners at the time when we started doing ads for people that ads just isn't enough. You know, you can hire pretty much anybody to run an ad technically. Like you can get in there and make an ad. And Facebook makes it easy. You can push a couple of buttons to boost the post. Um, so I knew that there's a process that was needed like Travis was talking about because that was the biggest kind of hole that I saw. So there's lots of different ways to do it. The one that we really found that works the best um, is what we would call like a value ladder where people are making tiny little micro-commitments on their way from where they know nothing about martial arts all the way to the point where they become a paying long-term student. And so the reason that uh, we like to do the free week um, is because it's a micro-commitment. And I, I would like to abolish the myth of devaluing. <laughs> free free weeks don't devalue martial arts. Uh, and if you want proof of that, I mean, I have numbers that can back it up from hundreds of schools, but if you just look in the world about what a free trial does, you look at the biggest companies right now like Netflix, Hulu, Uber, all these companies. Microsoft also, has a free trial.
1: Of all, you know, Microsoft of all,
0: <clears> Every <throat> piece of software you buy has some kind of free trial. And what a free trial does is it removes all the barriers and the excuses for people to try something they're not 100% sure of. And when you're advertising on a place like Facebook especially, you're not getting people that are searching actively for martial arts. You're getting people that maybe thought about it or who just kind of fit the demographic of someone that might enjoy martial arts. And so if you try and say buy my stuff to somebody who's not 100% sure, it's just that you're going to scroll right past. So that's why we like that little micro commitment. Now, the secret behind that is we almost never give that free week away. And uh, the first thing I hear when I say that usually is, well, that doesn't seem honest. It's a bait and switch. <clears throat> but we've actually figured out a way to make it very much where you can live with integrity, you can sleep at night, and you actually feel good about it. And we call it two offers. You have two different offers, that two introductory offers in your school that anybody can come in and try. You can do a free week. So we advertise the free week. On Facebook right now. That's the platform that we're using. It's the best one there is so far. I'm sure that'll change someday, but that doesn't really matter. It's the offer that's important. So we do the free week. We schedule an appointment for them to either come in to do their intro or to make a phone call. Depends on, you know, right now things are crazy. People are doing virtual classes, so we'll do it over the phone, but um, the process is basically an appointment. When they come in and they experience what a martial arts class is going to do for them and they see the benefit of it, they have a good time. If it's for kids, mom and dad are seeing how you're actually working with their kids. At the end of that lesson, we just give them an option, and it's not a big, long sales pitch. It's about three sentences. We say, hey, I see you're here on the free week. That's great. You can do that. Little Johnny here can come in in his street clothes, and he can participate in the free week all, all week. That's great. We also have a different introductory offer. I personally think it's better, but I'll let you decide, Mrs. Smith, what you think is better. This one is a whole month for $67, and it comes with this free uniform, we like having the uniform there because it's something physical that they can bring home with them, and then we say this key phrase here is, so that he feels like part of the class, and when they say he feels like part of the class, it does this, like, psychological, you know, thing on mom where she's like, well, you're right, he was the only kid out there not in a uniform, so he probably should have a uniform, And and this is all the stuff going on, mom said. And I did spend about $100 on this Halloween costume last year, so this is definitely worth $67 just by itself. Plus, look how excited he's going to be to be running around looking like a karate guy. So, yeah, let's do that, $67. And it's still a trial. That's the key. It's still a little micro-commitment. It's just a little bit longer of a commitment, but she's already been in one class. And when you make that switch from a free trial to a paid trial, it changes something in mom's mind where now – I'm going to get as much value out of this as I can while I'm trying it, right? We do that. We always do that. Like, if you, if you get something that's free, you're like, yeah, I'll get to that when I want to. But when you pay money for it, you're like, oh, we're going. So, like, the, what I see a lot of schools, the mistake that they make is they want to do two or three free classes and then sign them up for a long-term thing. And what we see happening there is they come and try the first one. They have a great time. They say they're going to be back Tuesday. And then Tuesday rolls around, and what's happening at home is Johnny's playing Fortnite, and mom is like, come on, it's time to go to karate. It's your second class. And he's like, I don't want to. I'm playing Fortnite. And she's like, doesn't want to fight it. She's like, all right, whatever. If she's paid $67, mom's grabbing the controller. Go put your uniform on. We're going to class. So it changes, and it it creates a little bit more uh, of a commitment. But it's just still a micro-commitment because it's only a month. And then what we do is about two weeks later, we give them an offer to apply that $67 toward their first month and just to enroll as a student. And the reason we do it two weeks early is because we give them that incentive to take what they paid and apply it. And that way, also for the school owner, they're getting uh, that first month's revenue right away. And what we found is, as far as KPIs, I don't know how much value you guys want to drop on these guys, but uh, that $67 yeah. trial will typically pay for all of the advertising. So if you're spending right. $67, you should get a trial out of that, which you can put back into advertising, which should become like this endless cycle of ad money. So it's a, we call it the flywheel effect. So, the you know, the more you spend, the more of those trials you're going to sell, and that way every student that signs up is basically zero cost in advertising. So you have this nice flywheel going over here with the trials, and then you're enrolling students two weeks after they come in, and it just becomes this clockwork thing. And uh, that's basically our entire
1: process in a nutshell. Well, that's how you met Laura, too. You offered her a free dinner. Right. And then, yeah. now she bought half <laughs> out.
2: At dinner. Right. <laughs>
3: there you go. That's the way it always works. That's right. micro so, um, man. Exactly. Just let's try, try it out for, like, two weeks and we'll see how it goes from there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. you know... It, it, it's quite interesting. I know Dwayne and I are running, and um, and it's, it's funny. Every Wednesday morning, I meet with a bunch of my buddies that are all martial arts school owners. And I have one friend that um, was trying out one class free, two classes free, and and not getting any response. And then he was getting some people very more, small amount joining right online at sixty nine ninety nine for the uniform. So I I've been pushing him. Listen, I, I give out a month for free in my school. I call it the fall in love program. And then within like two weeks, I'm already talking to them about signing up for their full year commitment. But I actually like it because I've I've been doing this for almost 30 years, and um, I find it took the pressure off me with all the, you know, Ben Franklin closing, sales techniques, all the different processes that I would go through, you know, hard sell, soft sell, you know, smart sell, like all of it. It's just so I got to the point where I was able to just say, hey, hey, listen, I, I want to know that you love this program. And I also want to know that I love having you in my program. And uh, let's feel it out for you know a period of time. There's no commitment whatsoever, but the only commitment I ask is that you sign up and come in and you show up and give us one month of your time. And it's been working incredible for myself and Dwayne and my buddy that I went out to breakfast, finally switched over to doing it that way, and now he's converting like sixty to seventy percent of his people. Because he's not under that pressure of that first class, second class, third class. Like, we got to close him. We got to get him committed. In this day and age, people are looking to shop a little, too. And, they're you know, they're afraid of commitments because they've heard the nightmare. So I, I love the concept of – I'm thinking in my head as you were doing that, like, wow, how can I go from the one-month free but maybe sell him a uniform at, you know, 60 bucks, but give him the uniform. We give it away for free anyway. It's included in the price. But give them a little discount if they do commit sooner. So that's a great golden nugget that you shared with us, and I, I think that's phenomenal. So that's great. Can you tell us more about, like, um, what kind of budget is good for school owners to advertise? You know, what are the cost of leads? You know, how much does it cost to acquire students? Something some A little bit about that. Just roughly, we don't want to give away the farm in this call because you're sharing a lot of really great info. Um, but, uh, yeah, please please share with us on that. It, that would be interesting because I, I know school owners, that old saying, you don't know what you don't know, they they have no clue. They're not sure what to spend. So help us out there.
1: Yeah, well, before you, uh, you know, knowing that is important from a, uh, um, and that's kind of, you know, something with being in control of your own marketing, right? Um, you know, I, I heard uh, a speaker, you know, kind of a motivational um, business consultant say one time, you know, you, you hire someone to mow your lawn, you can hire someone to clean your house, Um, You can hire someone to, you know, do your garbage. You don't hire someone to date your wife, and your marketing is your wife, and you need to be in control of that, and you need to know what to do, right? Um, So having a a knowledge of how much to – because you don't know. You can hire an agent, and they're going to say, oh, we're going to spend this, or we're going to get this, and it's like, well, I don't know what that means. So that goes back to that mindset and knowing your numbers, um, because once you know your numbers, then you can put them to the machine that John's going to, you know, talk about and make sure that there's a return on that. Um so that's a kind of a mindset preface because we can say and say, oh, spend twenty dollars a day. Well there's a lot more behind that as yeah. far as knowing what those twenty dollars are doing.
0: For sure. Yeah. So uh I love what you're doing with the with the fall in love programs that you're doing with the free month. Sixty to seventy percent is pretty respectable. That's a lot better than ninety percent of the schools that we talk to when we first get on the phone with them. I will tell you this, uh if you give this process that we're showing you a try. Uh, when you're booking appointments and they come into your school, we see almost nine, I would say, I would say 90%, but it's really literally more like 99% of the people will take the paid trial over the free trial on day one, the first day they walk in. It's just a choice. It's not a hard sell. And that's, I think, what school owners love about it too, is that it's really literally what the conversation I just had was, I think it's a better deal. You can decide whatever you want. It's not a hard sell. Um You can do the free week. It's not a bait and switch, because if you were baiting and switching, you'd say, well, we don't do the free week anymore. You have to take the paid trial or go away. That would be a bait and switch. The honest thing is, if they want to do the free week, they can still do the free week. But if they want to upgrade on day one, it's 67 bucks. They get the free uniform, and then they can fall in love with you. That could be your fall in love program, too. But we literally see 99% of the people will take that
2: upgrade on day one. Do you offer them that at the end of class or right when they first come in?
0: Yeah, right at the end of class, not at the beginning. We've had some school owners try and do it at the beginning, too, and that totally squashes it because they haven't experienced it yet. So the the key is the students got to have one class. This takes them from that commitment level to the point where they're ready to sign up anyway, and they're excited about coming back for that next lesson. But when you get them to pay for that first lesson on the first – when you get them to pay for that first month, the first lesson, it switches in their mind. And that 60 to 70%, I bet you, I'd be willing to bet that it would go up to 99%. And then when you can do that, then you can pretty much count on everybody that comes in is going to pay money, and everybody that comes in that pays money is going to come back the next day. And that's really – it's not really – it's not all about the money. I don't want people to think that all I care about is collecting money from them, but it puts commitment on them. $67 right. is like, I mean, if you think about the stuff we spend $67 on, it, it's like spending five at McDonald's. Yeah. I mean, really. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not that much. And Yeah, I
3: just ordered Chinese food last food. night. For the, I just ordered Chinese food for the family last night. It was 66 bucks or something. Exactly. There, you there you go. Right. right. Exactly. exactly. It's ridiculous. Yeah.
1: Next time you do that, Allie, just send me the money.
3: I'll shoot you a uniform. <laughs> All right. <good>. <laughs> <laughs> would well, it be the, the Chinese the food the... uniform or the dojo uniform? <laughs> uh, we should get some uniforms. You... Yeah, we should <laughs> get some uniforms. That would be cool. Allie, were you, uh, were you hungry about a half an hour later? I was. Uh, <laughs> I, I always am. And I'm vegan, Things so I wasn't on anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so that's great, though. I, I like the idea. I, it's rolling around in my head. I always know, you know, like, listen, when people are in my free month trial, there's a percentage of them that will fully engage, and there's a percentage of them that will come for the two weeks and say, hey, it wasn't for us, and sometimes come for three or four classes because, listen, they're, they're not vested in the program because it's free. I get that. So I, I like that idea. I'm going to roll that around in my head as far as conversions and, and getting that going. I think that's a really great thing. That you're you, I hope the listeners are hearing this stuff, too. It's These are powerful things that they need to really pay attention to. Yeah. So let me get the into the numbers. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I'll get into the, the budget that you asked about. So we typically have found that Facebook, in particular, loves a $20 per day budget or more. So uh, we usually start everybody at about 20 bucks a day. And the reason for that is because we like to see conversions, leads come in with name, email phone number for under $14. So a lot of schools are getting leads for, like, $5 or $6. Some have to creep up into $20 range, but we never want to see it above $20, you know, maybe just for, like, a small peak period. But typically we like to see a consistency of under $20, really under $14. That's kind of the gray area is 14 to 20. And the reason for that is because Facebook algorithm needs results coming back in to feed the uh, the AI, I guess, um, to tell it that it's doing a good job. So if you're spending less than basically what one lead costs you per day, it's not getting enough data. Technically, Facebook, supposedly their algorithm, you have to get 50 conversions in a week. For it to be fully optimized. Well, in the martial arts industry, there's very few schools that could handle 50 leads in a week anyway. I mean, you would just fill up your classes too fast. You wouldn't be able to – it would be a waste of money to try and do that. But what we found is the minimum is if we can get a lead a day or more, then the algorithm will stay pretty steady and we can pretty much keep ads on indefinitely. And so we usually say $20 a day because it can fluctuate. We always try to keep the lead cost under $14. Uh, I'll give you some more metrics too, to expect. Um, if you're doing a good job on your follow-up, 50% of the leads should book an appointment. 50% of those should show up for the appointment. So you're basically down to about 25% of your leads even coming in. But if you're using our process, we say pretty much all of those are gonna sign up for trial. We give you 90% as a leeway, but usually everybody. And then from that, about half of those are going to sign up and be long-term committed students that probably have a higher lifetime value than what you usually have anyway. So those are the metrics that we go by, and those are the expectations that we have in our program. And we know where to look if something's broken. So if we got a bunch of leads and not enough appointments, we know it's in the follow-up. If we got a bunch of appointments and they're not signing up or they're not showing up, then we know it's in the confirmation process. You know, we know where all those pegs are in the wheel and where all the holes are in the funnel, And then, really, if you know all that stuff, you know what to expect, then you know exactly where to plug the hole. The biggest mistake we used to see when we were running an agency was everything was the ad's fault. So we could have a bunch of leads, a bunch of appointments, a bunch of people show up, and no one's signing up for a trial. And they'd be like, hey, I want to change the ad. I think it's attracting people that are broke. And so we'd look at, we'd have to, I would have these hour long conversations with school owners like, all right, well, let's see the numbers. And we break it down and we say, well, the ads doing great because it's getting leads, and the appointment process is doing great because you're getting an appointments, and then the appointments are showing up, so the confirmations are fine. When they show up in your school, they're not signing up. It's not the ads' fault. It's something you're saying at that appointment that's not landing correctly for them to sign up. And so, yeah, are your that's classes suck?
2: No one knows. numbers too. <laughs> what'd you say? You... I said, "Oh, your classes
3: suck." Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can't yeah. I that. do. I, I do. I do have one question though, in regards to that that I get a lot from people that ask me about you know um, ads. You find that um, it, it, well, every area I'm sure is different, but in like in my area, we've been running ads and getting a great amount of the children, you know little kids from two years to like ten or twelve or fourteen are coming in for their classes. I find that almost all of the adults that have signed up for a class, almost all of them, have not showed up. I follow up, I call them, they reschedule. They don't show. I'm, I'm soft reschedule. I'm not like, you know, what the heck's wrong with you? Why didn't you show up? But they reschedule again. And it seems like the adults are a harder market for me to get to show up for that initial trial. Is there anything that you suggest in, in that area?
1: I would say it's
0: definitely a harder market for sure. We The way that our process is laid out is we strongly encourage marketing to those kids in that age range under 12. First and getting a good flywheel going with them right when you've got that in place you've got some extra revenue coming in if you're doing a really good job some of that trial money can actually get filtered over to some adult ads too with adults um, I don't if you're marketing just a straight up martial arts program it's really hard to get anybody committed to that um, you know the old the old marketing adage is it's got to have something to do with you know health or uh, money or sex or the fitness? <laughs> well, That's we can't yeah, do that yeah. one. <laughs>
1: <You> <laughs> can't right.
0: That one. Maybe you can't. Sex appeal, maybe, but
1: the health benefit. But well, he did say we should get uniforms. That might be the. Oh yeah, yeah. that would be the the good the good image. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so if you're if you're uh, advertising self defense is a good like you know women's self defense especially is a good one. The the things you have to be careful about on Facebook is they're really uh, nuts about some of the images you can put on Facebook. So it's it's hard to really drive a really strong self-defense ad because you can't show violence. You can't show fighting or sparring. You can't show weapons. Any of that stuff on an ad will get your ad account banned pretty quickly. So you got to be careful on that. What we found works the best is men's self-defense classes. Separately, And then women's fitness, like if you do like a cardio kickboxing or a cardio, some type of fitness workout, as the, again, it's the micro commitment. We know we want to get them in for martial arts classes, but the, the initial attraction, enough to get them into the school for the first lesson, has got to be something to do with, for women, uh, the health, like the fitness type programs the exercise, the workout, to get sweating, burn calories type stuff. And then with the men, uh, it's the self-defense. You know, even if you're the smallest guy in the town, you can beat up anybody with this special technique. Men want to exert their power over each other, and women want to look better and feel better or healthy. That's just psychological, right. you know. Not with yeah. the board. I've seen some, like yeah. in Florida, we've got a client that is flopped. He's got his flip-flopped. The women's self-defense is doing better, and the men's fitness is doing better. So,
2: there's a thousand ways to skin a cat, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, and if you like cats, you don't want them to be skinned anyways. So, uh, right. But that brings us that brings us right back
3: to the Chinese <laughs> food, I think. Um, no, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure that's offensive <laughs> to everybody. That's why you're <laughs> a vegan. You don't know,
2: yeah. have a cat
3: food. H- Hence another reason why I'm a vegan, right? <laughs> I'm not a
2: vegan. I'm not a vegan. Man. I got no problem shooting Bambi and eating him. But uh yeah.
3: So anything, well, we'll have
2: to have a, and, we'll have to have a talk about that later on. <laughs> you know, well, I I I want to be clear uh with regards to what you guys do because um what's really unique I think about your um your service or services is that you are educating martial arts school owners um from top to bottom. On how to, um, you know, get new students. I mean, hence the get com. And so, um, you know, you're not, you're not running these uh, ads for them. Uh, you used to, right? But now you, you've decided that this is, this is the business you want to be in as you want to go ahead and educate them on how to do it themselves. And so that they could be a, uh, you know, like you said, be in control of, of their uh, own marketing to understand it so that they can uh, kind of craft their own business the way that they want to craft it. I mean, is there anything else that you would add on to that that I kind of missed?
1: No, I think the best analogy for it is we want to model it the same way that school owners are model, modeling their schools. If a student came in and said, hey, I'll pay you $150 bucks a month to uh, be my bodyguard, that's probably not really something that you got into opening a school for, right? You got into the school to teach people to take something out of the school and have the self-defense, the confidence, all the stuff that comes with martial arts. And it was really just kind of like a soul searching and like, hey, let's, uh, you know, let's do what our school owners are doing. Let's get the school owners in, so then we can teach them, and they can take it outside of you know our room. Um, so I mean, it's, it's a very similar you know thought process, and that's why I think it's such a good. Uh, we've seen such good success with it because we're all kind of in that same wavelength of what we want to do for the people we're working with. Yeah, and as, as, it's as it's, an agency, go ahead. Know? I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, as an agency,
0: we had grown to a point where we really couldn't take on any more clients without really expanding our staff. And, um, in my past with the timeshare business and we had a telemarketing office, I had like 60 employees at one time. And I never wanted to build a business like that ever again. It was just having that many employees was a nightmare for me personally. I know there's some guys that want to go out and build the next, uh, you know, Amazon or Google, but not me, man. I don't want that. I want, uh, an intimate, small team that are experts and well paid and are well, you know, that do good work. I don't want to have right. somebody on HR that's content. So uh, as we grew, and then we can, we could have just continued growing as an agency. Um, I just Travis and I sat down and we were like, man, how do we grow this without? How do we reach more schools and help more owners? Without completely crashing the ship, and that was where we kind of brainstormed out this idea of well, maybe we teach them how to do it. What would be the harm in that? We had it so systematized at the at the time. You know, we could set up an account in like 30 minutes, and they'd be right. ready to go. We'd tell them seven to ten days, and the next day they'd be like, "Here's your ad," and they're like, "What are you talking about?" You know. So we had it so systematized, but the real the real time-consuming thing was all the coaching and all the Process analyzation and all the phone calls. It wasn't even managing the ads. Half the time, the ads were just like on autopilot for 18 months, and we just like look at it and be like, okay, it's doing fine. There were some trouble accounts, but for the most part, it's easy. And, um, so then we were like, let's just see if we can train somebody. And we actually, I, uh, my mom is, to give you a little background on how easy the course, the way we set it, my mom is the technologically like not savvy at all. Um, Travis gives her a real hard time on the phone calls, but the reality is, like, she if she comes in and watches our kids, she's been to our house a, a thousand times and still doesn't know how to turn the TV on. Like, how do you use this remote? Tell me again. Like, she's just not technically savvy. She never has been. When right. I was a kid, I was always hooking up the VCRs and stuff, so it was it's always been that way. So I was we we're trying to figure out like, who can we put through this course that we know. Uh, we'll just have every question imaginable and so my mom was the choice and so it was not easy but she got through it and was able to do it. and that was sort of our wow. checkbox to go okay we know anybody can do this now so um you know that was one of our first concerns with the tech savviness or the you know just having too much to do so we've really just kind of taken it step by step by step by step by step right. and made it to where it's you know autopilot and we do offer coaching calls too so people are able to come in and and get specific questions we run those a couple times a week for all of our clients too so we don't just like here's your course see you later we actually support it and i love those
1: calls man yeah Uh, i personally love those calls i was dealing with with a separate thing for myself that i um had bought for my family software wise and um i'm trying to get a hold of somebody I'm like, can i just sit down and like talk with somebody and help me out i was like man Maybe yeah. a Q&A call like we
3: have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, you know, that's the biggest thing, too. I get so frustrated. I'm, I'm just having a problem right now with Instagram where they shut down one of my accounts for no apparent reason, and I can't get through to anybody. You know, they just give you the list of things. Everything I try, they, they reject, and I'm kind of screwed. I lost, you know, years' worth of work of building an account because there's no one to talk to. So, uh, yeah, that one-on-one, I mean, that's being lost in our society, and people really appreciate it. So is your course a, um, a short-term learning period or just people join and they get continual ongoing training, they become a member of your training? How does that actually work?
0: Um, it's a five-week course. It's laid out at five weeks. Uh, it's on demand, though, so we've had some people that just speed right through it and get it done in a week. We've had others that took a couple of months to go through it and just took their time. But it's all on demand. And then uh, it's a lifetime membership. That's what we're doing right now. I don't know if we'll continue doing that, but um, so far it's been working out great because it's it's one subject matter, and you can have lifetime access to it. We can support that. We have a software business too, so it's not like we're not doing the Q&A calls anyway. And we're there twice a week. So um, what happens is they'll go through the course. Anytime they have any problems, they can jump on a Q&A call with us on either Monday or Thursday at noon. That's the timings that we're doing them now. We've been doing. I think that works the best timing-wise because yeah. pretty much all of our clients are in the U.S. a couple overseas got some people in Australia, Australia Europe, yeah. or, but um, for the most part, that time seems to work good because it's early, early morning in California, and then it's lunchtime in the uh, so, East yeah. Coast. So that's the timing. So yeah, we get lifetime access to the coaching calls twice a week. And then uh, the on-demand portal, if you went through it the way it's laid out, it takes about five weeks.
3: Awesome. Very, very cool. Mm -hmm. And I just was on the website, and I'm looking at a lot of your testimonials. It seems like most of the testimonials are older instructors. um, And I say that because, you know, those are the guys that are sometimes the hardest to train. So if they could do that, you know, they're able to, you know, get into the 21st century, so to speak, and learn these methods then uh, the younger tech-savvy people will breeze right through it and be able to really incorporate it. So that's pretty cool that those are the people there that are doing those testimonials. So, Dwayne, this is a great interview. We're out of time already, right? So that that kind of stinks. We could probably go on for another half hour to 40 minutes. But um, maybe we'll do a secondary follow-up, maybe another follow-up day with you guys another time in the future. Yeah. Do you have anything left to, to finish up, Dwayne? Yeah, I, I
2: do. First off, again, thanks for being on the on the podcast. We really appreciate it. And um, uh, look, if you guys, uh, listeners, um, if you're interested in, and in, you know what they uh, or how they can help you with your business, go to getkaratestudents.com. Uh, all the information is there. Um, I'm sure you have. I've, so you have some sort of free offer and then they can do an upgrade or, you know, the whole process, I'm sure is there, but go to getkaratestudents.com. I mean, why wouldn't it be right? But um and uh, look them up and see, you know, see their information and uh, they can help you out. I, I do. I really, I really think it's a really neat idea that, that you're giving these tools to martial arts school owners that don't want someone to do it, you know, for them. They want to do it themselves to learn how to do it. So that's, that's really neat because I can tell you years and years and years ago when Facebook was a thing, I was, I, I, you know, I tried to learn how to do it and I was doing it for a while and then it got to where all the algorithm stuff was going on. And I'm like, Oh, I don't have time to learn this. And so for you guys to put it in a course, uh, that somebody can pick up, even your mom can understand and do, I think is a really neat thing. So, um, I do want to remind everybody that, uh, go to school talk.com. For uh, all of our past episodes, if you're interested in uh, picking up and learning any information, and then lastly, gentlemen, uh, is there any last last things you want to say? I was gonna say last words, but you're not dying yet, so any last things you want to (laughs)
1: say? I want to appreciate you guys uh, for the. You know, as soon as Dwayne, we you know we connected. It was funny because Andrew Hashu, I think, is a mutual friend, and then I posted something earlier. Ali and Terry Dow was like, oh, Ali's also. It's just it's great to connect with people that. Are connected with people that you know are part of our our community and stuff. So, we'll see some the volumes that you guys provide to the the industry. So, I, I appreciate the opportunity to to join you guys. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, thanks
0: for having us on. Yeah,
3: it's our pleasure, and we'll have you back again. We definitely need to talk more about so many of the other things that are involved in really being a good school owner that are behind the scenes. You know, the training and how to close and how to. This, so we'll get back into that. But you guys are awesome. Great interview. We appreciate you. And thanks for being here with us. And hope the listeners will uh, get something out of it.
2: Yeah. And I really hope that, uh, you know, and nobody was offended uh, with regards to uh, Chinese food, uh, you know, skinning cats, <laughs> And the fact that you guys really aren't six feet apart and not wearing masks. So just <laughs> And, 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 vegan Georgia, and
1: well,
3: we, we both had it already, so we're yeah. good.
1: We got it in uh, oh, okay. yeah.
3: Chinese food for dinner. And, no, and I'm us vegan. Younger, so. I'm, I'm a little offended as a vegan with all your comments, So we'll have a talk about that privately. Um, <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> all guys. Right, guys. Take care. See Thanks. you soon. Thanks. All right. Bye. See yeah. you.